Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm going to answer a question that I've been getting asked a lot recently actually from our clients, members of our mastermind programs, peers of mine within our industry and that is how do you go about conducting world-class interviews and that might be uh, as a means of creating content for your podcast for videos that you might create on social media live on stage at events in front of an audience Um, and I really think that interviews are an amazing way for you to build your credibility authority positioning um, by association from sitting standing alongside people that have already built up amazing reputations in your industry. And of course, I've been fortunate enough over the last, well, probably over the last 10, 12 years, I've done hundreds of interviews, but of course, more recently, uh, to have interviewed some amazing people. Um, Lord Sugar, which was quite a challenging interview that was uh, live on stage at one of our events in 2017. That's actually one of the very early episodes of this podcast. Um, I interviewed Ed Milet just a few weeks ago, and, and that one um, I'm getting some great feedback about it. Uh, people are saying it's the best interview I've ever done. And actually, it was that one that caused me to start thinking about what are the key elements that contribute to making an amazing interview so that the viewer, the listener, the audience member can really get most value from it. And also that it's entertaining, that the person who's being interviewed uh, gets a great experience as well. Um, so like I said, you know, I've interviewed some amazing people, some of my personal favorites. They're, they're all podcast episodes that you could go back through the Empire Builders podcast and listen to Lord Sugar, David Goggins, Ed Milet, Marie Forleo more recently, Grant Cardone. Um, so we've had some amazing guests. And so what I've done is I've put together what I see as, I guess, the, the, the key principles, the most important things to consider when you're interviewing somebody else. So the first one actually is to make it all about them and not about you. That's the hardest one. It's the biggest mistake I see a lot of people make when they're interviewing somebody else is they're almost trying to appear like they're on a level with their guests. And that ego is actually the thing that gets in the way of a great interview. So for me, when I'm interviewing somebody, it's about them. It's about the light shining upon the guest. It is about me asking insightful questions, bigging them up, trying to elicit the best information possible for me and also for the audience. And often my mindset is, what can I learn from this person? And I ask the questions that I want to hear the answers to. And I think coming from that place of, not making it about me. I am not trying to be the star of the interview. I'm making sure that person that I'm sitting next to or speaking to is. Um, I, I actually, I was at an event in America a few years back and I won't tell you who uh, was interviewing or being interviewed because it might give it away, but let's just say that the guy doing the interviewing, and he was interviewing one of the most famous business um, business personalities on the planet, And the guy interviewing, in my opinion, just completely butchered it. And it was because he was trying to appear on a level. And he wasn't, quite frankly. So, like, if you try and do that, it just makes you look like an idiot. So, for for me, coming from a place of, 
Like, let your ego sit to one side for a minute and let the person who you're interviewing be the star. Can you imagine what an idiot I'd have looked like if I was trying to, you know, play the same game as Lord Sugar, who's a billionaire and has got, you know, what, 50-odd years experience in business? Like, I'd look like a complete fool. So I just sat back, asked questions, and let him have the floor. Um, and that's what made it, I think, a great interview. I maybe made one or two mistakes uh, I was young and naive, but I think, you know, it, it made for a great interview. So I think, first of all, um, just a mindset thing, really. You've got to go into it and allow them to take center stage, allow them to be the star because they are. Um, so then a few key things that I do, like this is my process that I follow. I hadn't really thought about this consciously, really, until until recently, until people started asking me and I started making some notes. And then I thought it would make a, a good episode for you, especially if you're hosting your own podcast or you'd like to, or you are thinking about or you're already interviewing industry experts, people that are in your field of expertise. Um, and maybe you're interviewing them on social or you're hosting or want to host your own live events. I think this this will be this will be really useful. So like I said, point number one, you've got to set your ego to one side, let the interviewer be about them, not you. Um, the, the next thing really is just to, I know it sounds obvious, but to do your research. And I'm not actually, I'm not an obsessive researcher. Like I don't do it. I don't spend hours and hours pouring over the content of my uh, of my guest. What I tend to do is do a quick search on Google, look at their bio. Normally, I can find it on their website, which, of course, is the, the bio that they've written or they've approved. So I know that the, the facts in there are accurate. I'd never take it from a third-party site. Always make sure it's from their own website. Um, and I, I like to get a bit of a feel for the, for the, um, the interviewee, the subject, but I don't want to, I almost don't want to get to know them too well because I want to keep the interview dynamic and I want to ask questions that I want to know the answer to. So I do some research, um, but not loads. And really all I'm looking to glean from the research is maybe two or three key points that I'm going to want to use in the introduction. So, and I'm looking for like the most impressive, the biggest things that make this person um, a celebrity, well-known, what are their biggest greatest achievements and that's what I normally open with so to get into the, the the content of the interview itself I always start with a personal introduction and of course if I already know the person and we've worked together before then there'll be some familiarity there so I'll, I'll make sure that there's context um, but I always like to keep that intro short I think if it goes on and on and on it can feel a little bit awkward and a bit like the person's just sitting there like a like a lemon going, right, well, like, am I going to speak soon or what? Especially if it's on video. So I like to keep the intro really short. So I normally just say, hey, thanks for joining us. Like, And then I'll, I'll say a couple of things that I've learned about them um, and then say, right, so let's get straight to it. And then I'll ask a question. And I never, ever, ever ask. This is a tip I got from Rob Moore, who's done loads more interviews than I have. I never ask like, so tell us a bit about you or tell us your backstory. Or I think you see that's an amateur mistake a lot of interviewers do. What I tend to do is try and ask a really specific question to kick us off. And by the way, after you've listened to this episode, might be worth you going back and listening to maybe the Ed Milet interview is a good example of what I'm teaching you here in practice so you can actually see here how I did it so in that one I think my first question it was like hey you know you've you've achieved some amazing things Ed like one two three I gave a few different facts about Ed I said 
Ed, what I want to know is, what's your greatest achievement? So we went straight into something specific, um, which I think is more powerful than just getting their life story um, and it being like, you know, I say, so tell us your background and then, you know, 10, 15 minutes of monologue. It's nowhere near as interesting as question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. And I'll interrupt them and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll dig deeper for more information. So, yeah, that's the first thing is um, make sure you do research and then use that to create a short, punchy, and if possible, if you've already got a pre-existing relationship, personal introduction. So again, if you listen to the Ed Mile episode back again, you'll hear the way I introduced him, had context of the fact that he'd spoken at our event last year, um, right just at the start of the pandemic. There was all sorts of things happening. Um, so we, we talked about that right at the start, which again, I think makes the interview more interesting than just like it's two guys that have never met each other, don't know anything about each other, and I'm just doing a formal bio that I've copied and pasted off his website. So that's the first thing, making sure that the personal, the intro is short, punchy, personal. Um, I do, I do prepare questions in advance. So um, what I tend to do is I'll bullet point out at least five, but normally no more than ten questions that I want to ask. And I, but what I won't do is I won't necessarily have them in a strict order and sequence. So I'll, I'll create a list of maybe five or ten questions. Um, but they'll be deliberately non-linear. So they're not like question one is this, question two is this. And the reason is because I want the interview to remain fluid. I don't want it to feel wooden, like it's like I ask a question, he gives or she gives an answer. Then it comes back to me. I ask question two on my list. I think it feels a little bit wooden and manufactured. So what I tend to do is have five or ten questions, and I'll, I'll give you some more pointers on what kind of questions to ask in a minute. Um, but then I'm remaining totally flexible throughout the interview. What I've normally got is like pen and paper in front of me with the the five or ten questions I want to ask. And as I go, as I ask them, I'll tick them off or cross them off my list, so I know I remember what I've done and what I haven't done. Um, but what I'll also do is I give myself the license and I also clear it with the person before we start the interview that, hey, during this interview, I'm probably going to interrupt you and ask follow-up questions consistently because I want to make it dynamic. I don't want it to be like wooden, I ask you answer, I ask you answer. So I wanna, I'm probably going to interrupt you. They're always cool with that. So I remain flexible and, and always have, in addition to my five or ten questions, I allow myself to ask questions as they come into my head that are relevant to the point that the speaker or the, the interview subject ask, uh, is making. And the, the reason I think that's important is because, generally speaking, when I'm listening to them, them talk, the things that come up in my head are probably the things that are in my audience's head at the time. So I ask the question almost on behalf of my audience. Um, and I think I think the important thing is that you allow yourself to remain that fluid presenter, fluid uh, host or hostess, so that it can have energy and dynamism and it doesn't feel stale and mechanical. So I think that's that's important to have that flexibility in place. And you're always digging for the answer that sits beneath the answer. So again, if you if you listen to the, um, the Ed Milet uh, interview again, might be a good a good example of this. There was I, I can't remember a specific. There was a number of occasions where I asked a question, Ed gave an answer, and then I asked for more specificity on the answer. So I'd say, oh, okay. So what do you mean by that? 
and he'd go and he'd give me more detail. And I'd go, oh, okay, great. Can you give me an example for that? So that way I'm getting more and more, I'm, I'm drawing out really the, the skill of being a great interviewer is to draw out information, to draw out wisdom from the guest. And also to, you know, I suppose to also create opportunities for the interview, not only to be informative, but also entertaining. And so, you know, it's helpful if we've had a bit of time to chat before the interview actually happens is recorded because, you know, I can get a sense of the individual. If I already know them perfect, in most cases I do, um, then I already know what level we can have a bit of fun and friendly, uh, friendly banter and chat. Um, you know, with Lord Sugar, let's say, as an example. The friendly banter and chat wasn't really an option. Uh, I found that out. I spent about five minutes with him backstage before we went on and did the interview. And let's just say he was frosty, to say the least. But you know what? What you see is what you get. Like, there was, there was nothing about his public persona that had me believe he was going to be any different than that. Um, and so, you know, I, it was actually a thoroughly enjoyable interview and um, I learned a lot from it myself, so it was good. Um, I think, the, I think the, the mindset piece that I mentioned before, which is I, I go into the interview with the mindset of I'm here to A, ask the questions that I want answered. Because I think when I do that, it makes me more, it makes me a better presenter, a better host. It means that I'm more inquisitive um, and I think it makes the interview more authentic. The second thing is I'm also coming in um, with the mindset of my audience in mind as well. So, of course, I am in some cases, not all, but in some cases, I am a number of steps further forward on my business journey in particular than a lot of my audience. So whenever I'm asking questions, yes, of course, sometimes I'm asking for myself, but also I'll ask questions that will be relevant to maybe somebody who's in the early stages of starting their business. So I'll, t I'll try and make the content relevant for somebody who's just starting out, maybe somebody who's established a business and is growing, and also for someone like me who's in the scale-up kind of phase of my business journey. So I always try and make the questions relevant and point the, 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 uh, my interview subject in the direction of different types of audience member that might be listening. Um, so then the, the final thing I wanted to share with you is something actually that um, I learned from my good friend and business partner in the Elite Closing Academy, Matt Elwell, um, which is actually, um, it's part of his sales and closing training, is the type of questions you should ask that are going to get best responses, is, is what he calls five W's and a H. And, and this is great training for anyone who wants to really be a better conversationalist. And that, that could be relevant for you if you're in sales, you're, you're on the phone making sales, you're um, meeting people on Zoom or face-to-face -to, -face to have sales conversations, but equally just to be a great conversationalist, which by the way, being a great interviewer is about being a great conversationalist um, and asking questions that don't just give yes, no answers, that don't just give short um, you know, one-dimensional answers. So I think the uh, the five W's and H's, Matt calls them, are particularly relevant here. So there are five words that start with the letter W that you can start any question or any sentence with. They are what, when, where, who, and which. I'll repeat them if you're making notes. What, when, where, who, and which. 
those are the five W's, and the one H is how. So again, if you listen to my my, my interviews um, here on the Empire Builders podcast, I'm going to say 90% of the time, the questions that I ask start with either what, when, where, who, which, or how. One of those five W's and the H. And what that means is that the answer somebody gives has a lot more depth to it because it doesn't give them the easy yes, no version, uh, easy yes or no route out. Um, so generally they'll they'll give me a much more deeper, meaningful answer, which then of course means I've got more to work with, which is how I can give a 60 minute interview um, with maybe five, sometimes as few as five questions prepared um, because it's the questions that come after those which I can't prepare for because it based it's based largely upon what what comes out of the conversation. So I think those five W's and a H um, are really valuable. Um, avoid yes no questions at all costs when you're interviewing because they just it has the potential to just fall a bit flat and then you've got that awkward moment when you're like so have they finished giving their answer and now do I ask another question? I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do here. Whereas really what you want for a great interview is, this is why I always pre-frame it with my, my guests beforehand. I go, look, I want, I'm, going to inter- I'm going to interview you here and ask a lot of questions. I'm probably going to interrupt you as well at various times because there'll be points where I want to jump in and get more information. And by the way, feel free to interrupt me as well. Like, let's make this dynamic. Let's make it a dialogue. Let's make it like a normal conversation that two people are having, you know, in everyday life rather than this formal setup. And that, 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 I suppose that pre-frame to the interview normally means that we get the best, uh, the best out of the interview subject. And, and, you know, that's why, um, Ed, as an example, Ed Bilek kindly said, uh, at the end of our interview, he was like, you're so good at this. This has been an amazing interview. And he asked me to send him a copy as well for his own use. Um, and you know, a lot of our, like I said, a lot of our clients have said very nice things and asked me questions about how to, how to interview. And I'll hold my hands up and say, when I started interviewing people, I didn't know what I was doing. I was making it up as I was going along. And actually even probably the last six to nine months since I've been hosting the Empire Builders podcast, I've done a lot more interviews. Um, and I've been listening to a lot more podcasts as well from people, uh, like I gave him a shout out before, Rob Moore has interviewed, uh, I don't know how many guests he's had. He's got over 800 episodes of his podcasts under his belt. So he's interviewed a lot more people than I have and listening to him, listening to Ed Milet's, uh podcast as well. He has a lot of amazing guests on there and really just being a great student has allowed me to, be, I think, uh, hopefully you would agree, become a great interviewer, a great host as well. So I hope, I hope this short episode was valuable for you. Like I said, I'd highly recommend um, anybody that's listening to this, you want to build your profile, you want to become more of an authority, you want to raise your expert positioning so that you're highly regarded and build your reputation in your industry, in your field. I think interviewing people is a great way to start doing that. People that have already, you know, they've already been on the journey, they've already built their reputation, their profile. Um, Most of the time, it's just a case of asking. Um, Interestingly, one of our one of our mastermind members recently launched his own podcast. He sent an email to Gary Vaynerchuk. Actually, it wasn't an email. It was a, a message through LinkedIn, a private message to Gary Vaynerchuk asking him to be on the podcast. And um, Gary said yes. 
and and he didn't he didn't name drop. He didn't mention that you know he was one of my clients and that he'd been uh, that you know he'd been to a lot of our events. And of course, Gary spoke at the first ever Expert Empires event. Didn't do any of that. He found a really I'm not going to give it away because it's not fair to. But he found a really unique way to ask Gary to be an interview guest, and Gary said yes. So sometimes it's a numbers game. If you went and made a list right now of the top 20 people that you'd love to interview, either for your podcast or to, to um, create a video interview on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever, um, or on YouTube, I bet if you made a list of 20 and you just asked them, hey, you know, I'd love to have you as a guest on my, my podcast, my, my, my Instagram lives or, you know, on my YouTube or whatever, I bet you... I bet you, even if you set the bar really high, I bet three or four of them would say yes. And the more of these interviews you do, the better you get, the easier it becomes. And of course, once you've got one superstar guest, then getting more of isn't that hard because you say, oh, I interviewed so-and-so recently on my podcast or on my YouTube channel, and I'd love you to come along and uh, be a guest as well. And, and there's there's credibility by association. So I, th I think it's a great way to build your profile. Of course, you know, this is how I built Expert Empires was by having uh, having world-renowned speakers on my stage. Um, and more recently, how we've built the Empire Builders podcast is by bringing amazing guests on here as well. And of course, building um, my authority position in my profile from doing uh, doing interviews on social media with a lot of our speakers as well. So I really think that, that doing interviews um, is a great way to build your profile. You should absolutely get into into doing it um, and follow what I've shared in this episode. I think you you will, um, in time with practice, become a great interviewer and that will help you create great content. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Take care and I'll see you soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.